0: Please go ahead and be seated. I'd like to just begin today, first of all, by greeting those of you and saying welcome. Those of you who are joining us by video right now, if you are in our contemporary service or joining us online, I'm glad that you're here. To all of you in our traditional sanctuary or online, I'd like to introduce somebody. We have a guest today, a pair of guests, my friends pastors paul and renee spalding this is paul not renee and renee will be out here in just a few minutes paul and renee are both retired lutheran pastors they have been friends of mine for a number of years and have been a part of this church family for a couple years now and uh, i'm pleased that they're going to share god's word with us today i'd like to just begin with a prayer for them and i'll let paul tell you more about him and themselves let's pray together Father in heaven, thank you for Paul and Renee. Thanks for the opportunity to be gathered together, all of us in this church family, and we pray your blessing on this time, that you would open your word to us, that you would teach us about your history, which is our history, and that you would comfort us with the good news of your grace and your power, and pray you would open our hearts to hear what you have to say to each of us today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve. It's good to be here with you. Uh,
1: This is... uh, the third time I've stood up in front of this uh, congregation or this in this building, uh, 41 years ago this coming August, I officiated at my college roommate's wedding here in the sanctuary. There was no air conditioning at that time. It was a stinking hot day. <laughs> the candles went like this and the bride's hair went like that, but they're still married and it's a good thing. Uh, also here for... Uh, Tim Balfanz's uh, uh, ordination a few years ago and that was good as well. My wife, Renee, and I are both retired pastors, uh, involved here now for for a couple years. We have served churches. Uh, I was serving in church in Minneapolis, in Glendale, and Flagstaff, Arizona, two different churches there, Redondo Beach, California, and Sioux City, Iowa, then back to Minneapolis, where we had a house church for a while, and then I worked for uh, Lutheran Congregations and Mission for Christ. I was on staff with LCMC for four years before we retired. Rene was uh, in California, went to seminary there and uh, served with uh, me in, in, in uh, Redondo Beach, California and also in Sioux City, Iowa and then here in Minneapolis uh, as chaplain at the St. Anthony Care Center for a while. And Renee's going to come up now and, and share a little bit about one of the transitions that we made and it'll become uh, important as we go on with the message.
2: Good morning. This is a dangerous thing to let me speak.
1: Say goodnight, Gracie.
2: Okay. You have to be pretty old to know Say Goodnight Gracie. But anyway, um, yeah, we have had a wonderful adventure together. We just celebrated our 37th wedding anniversary this past Thursday, and we were kind of reminiscing about what a wonderful journey God has brought us on, and he has, and, and he's been so faithful to us and has blessed us so much over the years. Do we have anybody here from Iowa? Okay. Okay, I want to apologize before I tell this story, okay? I'm sorry. Okay. We were serving a church in Redondo Beach, California. I could see the ocean from my office window, and because God has a sense of humor, we were called to Sioux City, Iowa. Now, for a Minnesota kid, which I was originally, to go to Iowa was kind of, you know, testy. Um, But anyway, we went because God said go. And we said okay. And we got there, and it it was Sioux City, Iowa. And so um, I got out of the car, and I believe it was the first day we arrived. And, you know, it had been a drive, so I took a deep breath. And I said, what? Is that smell? <laughs> well, apparently Sioux City has stockyards, and so it was a smell. Those of you in rural areas know about that smell, and so. But one of the Sioux Cityans said to me right away, "That's the smell of money." <laughs> and. From then on, it was a little bit strange. One more little part is two weeks into our stay there, I was doing the announcements at church, and I wanted to bond with the people in Sioux City. I didn't know my geography well, and so I didn't know that Sioux City is really in three states, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Iowa, right? They're all, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that really well, but I'm a sports fan, fanatic, and so I wanted to kind of bond, and I knew they didn't have a team like the Vikings or anything, but I knew they were college fans of things and sports, and it was the fall. And so I said up there in front of all these people, how about those Iowa Cornhuskers? <laughs> and the people all started coming at me, and they, they didn't like me much from then on, but... God is faithful. We were meant to be there. We loved it. We met some wonderful people. And God has been faithful to us through our whole journey. And we thank and praise him for that. And now I'm going to be quiet.
1: You take the... (laughs) That's my wife. I married her on purpose, and uh, we have had a great ministry together. The text for today, by the way, is Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 9. And now the ushers have been standing, carrying about 12 Bibles each, for quite a while. If you want one, they're coming down the aisle now. We're going to be looking up some things from Genesis chapter 12. Genesis is easy to find, by the way; uh, it's the first book. It's interesting that we just spent our time in the last book of the Bible, and now we're switching to the first book. So, if you'd like to take a Bible, I encourage you to do that. This this section, Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 to 9, which we are our text for today, is really the powerful kickoff for the whole story, the whole adventure of the people of Israel. And over the weeks to come in this uh, series of uh, Ancestry.Church, we're going to be taking a look at the, the flow from this passage on into the end of the book of Genesis. This is the kickoff of God's plan of salvation. This is the uh, kickoff that moves on finally to Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And then, interestingly enough, on to you and on to me as recipients of God's grace and God's plan and God's love. We then become bearers of that good news ourselves as we go on to our neighbors and to the world. So we have a lot of big-time stuff happening here in chapter 12 of of Genesis. I'm going to ask you that you take a look at verse 2, first of all. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Now there's a promise. There's a promise for the future here to Abram. And maybe it was challenging in Abram's mind, because he was 75 years old. But the future is going to be laid out for him. The future is going to be happening in his life and his children's life. And we're going to hear about that in future messages in this series. God says, I will make your, your name great, and you will be a blessing. Good things are ahead, Abram. And now verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Yes, first of all, God's going to protect his people. That's there at the beginning of the verse. But then it says, all the people of the world, all nations are going to be blessed through you. There's a hint here of God's plan. That he has plans, not just for Abraham, but for his children, his grandchildren, and on through his descendants, that because of them, and eventually because of the Messiah, all nations will be blessed. We, then, are descendants of Abraham, as the Apostle Paul says, descendants of Abraham by faith. And you and I, then, become recipients of the same story that's beginning here in Genesis chapter 12. But, let's back up for a moment. One of the beautiful things about the Bible, compared to some other non-Christian religious texts, beautiful thing about the Bible is that it talks about God working with real people in real situations. And at the beginning here of this adventure, the, be, the adventure of the people of Israel, Abraham, who's going to be called Abraham a little later on, and Sarai, who's going to be called Sarah, did not, their lives did not happen in a vacuum. Abraham and Sarai were living in one of the greatest early civilizations in human history. They were from the city of Ur. At one time, it was the largest city in the world, a civilization that was there before the pyramids were built. If if this is the center of of history, with the the birth and and death of Jesus Christ in the middle of the sanctuary here, and that wall is 2,000 years ago, and that wall is the one we live on uh, in 2,000-plus A.D., Abraham would have been on that wall, and we are on that wall, just about the same distance back from Christ as we are from Christ on this side. Living in this this city, in fact, that city had this temple. uh, It was called a ziggurat. You can look it up, Google ziggurat. Uh, And you will see there that this monstrous pyramid-like tower It was 150 feet wide, 200 feet long, and 100 feet high. And Abraham had to walk by that when he was walking around there in the city of Ur and on out into the countryside. So the story goes that Abe's father, call him Abe for short, Abe's father, Terah, took his whole family and moved to Montana. Now, I may back off from that, but it's not all that odd. Let's say he lived in the Twin Cities, and he had many, 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 many miles to the northwest, out into the middle of nowhere. That's essentially what was happening. Leaving this big city of Ur and heading up the Euphrates Valley and, and uh, settling finally in, in Haran. In Haran there, or Haran or Haran. Haran, Haran. Anyway, one of those two pronunciations is probably right. Uh, actually, when we die and we talk to Abraham in, in heaven, he'll probably tell us it was different than that, actually. It's today in southeast Turkey It's where that, that, that place was. And there in Haran uh, the old man, Terah, dies. And this is where we begin chapter 12 with this verse. The Lord said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and I will go and go to the land I will show you. Now, there are three things I want you to get out of this message. One is listen to God. And the second is go with God. And the third is acknowledge God along the way. So, there in verse one, Lord had said, in other words, this was a conversation that had been going on. This is the past tense here. Lord had said to Abraham, Go and to this land I will show you. There was conversation happening. He'd probably been listening to God before verse 1. And sometimes God, you know, breaks in special, like Saul, who became Paul in the New Testament, broke in on the road to Damascus and, and confronted him. But most of the time, when people listen to God, it's because they've already had a relationship with God. It's the people who have an ongoing relationship with God, who've had some history of conversation with him. They're the ones that hear the most clearly God's direction and God's wisdom and God's promise to, to them. What makes a healthy relationship for you folks? You've got to listen to each other. Have you ever been to marriage counseling? They always tell you you've got to listen to each other. That's the most important thing. And so with, with God, we need this relationship so that we can become listeners to him. God says, go, we go to a land that I will show you, he says. It doesn't come out of the blue. It comes out of a relationship of trust because Abraham has been listening to God. So listen to God, read his word. That, of course, is God's strongest message to us in our current life is, is the word of God. It's, it's, a, it's a love letter to us. But also God uses people. God uses his people to, to get us to listen. I'll never forget this one experience that I had down the basement of a church that I served. I was going through some particularly tough times in my own head and heart and I was walking by a, a man and he was talking to another man. They were down by the drinking fountain down at the bottom of the stairs. And as I walked by, this guy said to the other guy, I don't know what they were talking about and they weren't talking to me. But this fellow told the other guy, he said, you know, sometimes you feel like giving up on yourself, but God never gives up on you. And bam, that's what I needed. God sent me by that drinking fountain that day so that I could hear one of God's servants say something to somebody else so that I could listen to that and it could change where I was going. So, number one, listen to God. Listen to what he's got to say through God's people, through his word, as the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And then, secondly, go with God. Abram did that. Look at verses 4 and 5. So, Abram left, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from, from Haran. That's why, Renee said, that's why they chose us to talk this Sunday. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and the, process, the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. So, it starts with listening to God, and then because we know God, we can go with God. You know, there's a wonderful passage that uh, is one you should memorize from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. I think it's up there. Uh, If it's not, I'll just tell you what it is. Oh, that's, that's, that's four and five. 29.11 says this, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's the promise that God has for us. And so we are able to go with God because we've been listening to God. And so there's lots of different ways that that happens in, in our lives. Renee was sharing one story. I'll get to that in a second. Before we were married, I had this uh, invitation to, uh, to be a, a, a pastor in, in uh, no, I'm going to back up a second. I, we were getting engaged and we were going to get married and I said, I was serving a church in Minneapolis and I said, God, I know it's time for me to leave this congregation. Uh, find me another church as long as, and I'll go anywhere as long as it's in the Twin Cities area. And I even told him how many churches there were here in the, in the, in the you know, is that a mistake or what? Nothing happened. Finally, about uh, several weeks later, I said to the Lord in my prayer time, I'll go anywhere. But I didn't talk to anybody who had any control over that. And nothing happened. Finally, for a little bit later, I finally went and said, I'll go anywhere. And I went and talked to uh, Bob Evans, who was the assistant to the bishop at the time. Uh, and I said, I'm going anywhere. And he said, I'm waiting for you to say that. He said, the bishops are meeting at the end of this week, and I know we'll be able to find you someplace. The next day, I get a call from my high school and college friend, Walt Callisted, and wants to know if I can come to uh, be at his associate in, in Glendale, Arizona. Slap on the side of the face. Come on, Spaulding. If you want to go with me, you have to trust me that I can actually do it. You can't just arrange it. You need to let me be the one who guides. And wow, it was wonderful. That was the beginning of our journey together. We got married and we ended up down in in Glendale, Arizona. So God is able to take us and move us if we're willing to actually step out in faith. And stepping out in faith for me was actually giving a call to Bob Evans. Renee talks about us leaving uh, Redondo Beach, California. Yes, we could see the sailboats on Santa Monica Bay out our office window. It was a great spot. We'd had wonderful years there. But we knew it was time that God was calling us to someplace, somewhere, and uh, we didn't know where. And we knew after having been in Sioux City, Iowa, for five years, it was where we were supposed to have been for that time frame. It was a land where he would show us and it was a land where we were able to do God's work. Now, so what's your next move? Where are you going to go with God in the next venture in your life? You know, to an unknown landing place? Yeah. But you're going with God, and that makes all the difference in the world. Maybe it's a business move. Maybe it's a relationship move. Maybe it's a move into service for to others. A move, as somebody said, from, from success to significance. Maybe it was a, a maybe, maybe you're thinking back and there was a particular time in your life when the, your, your supervisor said, I want you to go here. And uh, you said, I don't know if I want to go there. And you just didn't get peace until you talked to one of God's people. And they said, OK, you need to really go. That's the kind of thing where God works. Maybe it's a move to the new city. Anybody here moved to the Twin Cities from another place in the country? Several of you did. Yeah. And I bet that at that time you weren't really sure what was going on. You didn't exactly know what was going to be happening, but you did it. God will guide if we talk to him about where we want to go. I remember one pastor who said he wanted to go uh, to a new church and he didn't know where and he had told God exactly, it sounded so much like me, told God exactly the situation that he wanted to be in, and nothing happened. We need to trust the Lord that as we start to make these moves, we can have a conversation with him along the way. Maybe you remember when your firstborn was born and you were holding that baby, and you didn't know even how to hold him, and you didn't know where this was all going. We can walk with God in those kinds of situations as well. Maybe there's some not-so-welcome ventures in our lives. Maybe there's an illness or a change-of-life situation where you don't know the end of it. But if you're in conversation with God, you're listening to God, you can go with God. Uh, Even death. I remember an elderly man in one of my congregations. I went to visit him, and he was was moving towards heaven. And uh, he said to me, Pastor, is it okay for me to pray that I would die? I said, absolutely. You're making plans for the future. You're getting excited about what the next venture is in your life. Talk to God about the fact that you're heading home to heaven. And he did within a few weeks. God says, listen to me. You don't know the future, but you can know the one who holds the future. So because of that, go with me. Go with me on this, and I will go with you, God says. So listen to God. Go with God. Vaya Dios. It's actually a real good statement. Go with God. And then as you go, acknowledge God along the way. Abraham and Sarai traveled and they get to Canaan. Now look at verse chapter 12, verse 7. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, I, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So Abram builds an altar to the Lord along the way. And they keep on going. and get to verse 8. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So... Abram, along the way from this journey from from Haran down to Canaan, and as the end of this this text says, they kept on going down to the Negev before they turned around. They built an altar along the way. Abram is acknowledging God as he's moving. Yes, he's thanking God. This is a promise. Thank you, God. Yes, he's praising God, but it's deeper than that. It's acknowledging God is more core to our being than just those times when we are truly feeling thankful or truly overcome by praise. Those are good times, but it goes down to the very core of who we are. It's deep. It's an honoring of God. It's an acknowledging of God along the way each and every day. Sometimes we don't know what that's going to be be like. We don't know what the next step is going to be but just needing to acknowledge God each and every time. We may not know exactly how to say it, to acknowledge God. We don't know exactly what to feel. We just know that your day is lived in the presence of God. There's this wonderful Latin phrase. I know extremely minimal number of Latin phrases. But this one Latin phrase, "Corum Deo, which means My life is literally lived in the presence of God, and I like this even better. It's lived in before the face of God. My life is lived before the face of God. If I know that every day that I'm doing what Abraham did, I'm acknowledging God each and every single day. It doesn't necessarily have to take some particular form or shape, but it's deep. It's honoring God. It's knowing Him along the way. But there's also another side to this acknowledging God, and that is an active side. Abraham honors God, he praises God, he thanks God, he acknowledges God, but he also builds an altar. He does something. He builds an altar. There's an active side to this, acknowledging God. He builds it twice in the text that we have. He probably built more of them. Maybe one of the reasons that the Apostle Paul told the Christians, don't neglect gathering together. Or maybe one of the reasons that the Christian church gathers every single Sunday as, as Pastor Steve shared here at the beginning, that how important that is. Maybe one of the reasons that you come here each Sunday or, you, or you're online and watch what's going on because it's storming like crazy outside is to acknowledge God along the way. That's one of the things that happens here. Maybe that's one of the reasons that you are here each and every Sunday. So keep your relationship with God healthy. Listen to him. Go with God and acknowledge God along your way. Via con Deus, live Coram Deo, and see you next Sunday. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the one who has called, gathered, and enlightened the whole Christian church on earth. And you are the one who started that with this family of Abraham and Sarah. They didn't even have any kids. And they were old. But Lord, you have put into their hearts the willingness to listen to you, the willingness to go with you, and the willingness to acknowledge you along the way. And may that be our story as well. In your name we pray. Amen.